Hello, friends. I'm Luke, and I serve on the music team at Holy Family. We continue to hear stories from people like you who listen to the Holy Family podcast and consider Holy Family your church. And whether you're someone who's constantly on the go, hasn't found a church community where you live to which you can belong, or someone who's wondering about the shape of your faith, we are honored to be with you by sharing these reflections from our Sunday liturgies. We rely on the generosity of our congregation, which includes you wherever you listen, to help our ministry achieve and maintain financial health. If this podcast has been a gift to you, would you consider making a contribution so that we can continue offering resources that welcome questions, curiosities, and doubts? You can make a gift by following the link in our show notes. That's at holyfamilyhtx.org. From Holy Family HTX, an Episcopal church for people without a church, this is the Holy Family Podcast, a collection of ideas about leading a Jesus-centered life. We clearly explore the church's understandings while bringing our own questions, curiosities, and doubts, and we never demand fake agreement. Theological exploration is just better that way. So, let's take a moment of silence as we get ready to contemplate today's ideas. So when I was 13, my parents sent me to an evangelical sports camp, uh, which I thought was a little odd because I was Catholic and I hated sports. Um, The first Bible study uh, that my cabin had with our sweet, bright-eyed counselor, we were asked this question, on a scale from zero to 100... How certain are you that you're going to heaven? No one had ever asked me to grade myself on this before, much less to share my grade. I, I had decided as a nine-year-old on the way in from recess never to sin again, like uh, Mary, the mother of God. Unfortunately, that kind of fell apart before math was over. Um, but I think I knew that this striving to be sinless was a little bit like when I turned in the report on Sweden in third grade with a nice book cover and everything um, when no report had actually ever been assigned. I was the kid that was always trying to get extra credit uh, from God and from anyone else. But I never actually, maybe I did, But maybe I didn't. I'm not sure if I thought I was being graded by God. At least not on a 0 to 100 scale. God's voice had told me when I was really, really little. I heard God saying somehow, in in the weird ways that God does, often through music, does a mother forget her baby? And even if she does, I will never forget you, my own. 
So at Bible Sports Camp, I stammered, um, 80? 80%? Because 100 seemed a little cocky. <laughs> and I, you know, like, what if they thought that I thought that God was in charge of my salvation instead of my braces-toothed self? Um, so even then, I was a rule follower and a mystery seeker. So when they told me at that camp to accept Jesus Christ into my heart as my Lord and Savior, that this was the only way to achieve salvation, I marveled at the negligence of my church to have missed out on telling me this. (laughs) Like, a whole year, a whole year of classes to prepare for First Communion, and they neglected to mention the one prayer that achieves salvation. Some of us have encountered an understanding of the Christian faith that expects that following Christ is a one-time decision, a light switch that gets flipped on and stays on forever. And for some people, this may be true. Maybe this is how Christ made himself known to you in your life. Christ can come get us this way. And we can begin a new life following Christ, dropping our nets and walking away forever from our former life. And Christ does ask this of some people. Perhaps this is the case with Peter and Andrew. In the gospel, it says Simon. We know that he also gets called Peter. Peter and Andrew and James and John from the gospel reading for today. They heard Jesus' voice, and they responded with a yes, and their lives were never the same again. In this gospel reading, I keep hearing the words, they followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat. Leaving their father in the boat. None of the disciples even get any lines in this reading. They say nothing. They don't ask questions. They drop everything and walk. Maybe they had never even met Jesus before this and had never heard of him or John the Baptist or their message. Maybe James and John knew that their father's heart would be broken and his livelihood diminished. Maybe they never saw their father again. But I doubt all of that. Is Jesus calling us to leave behind everything we love and everything we are if we want to be with him? No questions asked? It's easy to hear this text and think this is the one right way to respond to Jesus' beckoning and then frankly start to spiral into anxiety or reject the idea of Jesus' call altogether. What if I'm supposed to leave everything behind? What if I can no longer be myself? How can I make a lifelong commitment to something I don't even fully know yet? How can I promise to be perfect when I know I can't? And math class is still coming. But if we follow these disciples a little way through the Gospel of Mark, we see that even in the lives of those who knew Jesus face to face, those whom the church has held up as saints for us for centuries, it doesn't always work quite like that. A few days ago, on Thursday, the Episcopal Church celebrated the Feast of the Confession of St. Peter. It's a church holiday that we often miss. 
On this day, we remember when Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Messiah. Which is an amazing story, which speaks of the remarkable faith of St. Peter. But we find out a little bit more if we read a few verses farther in the Gospel of Mark. After Jesus says, you're right, to Peter, he then tells the disciples he will be rejected and suffer and be killed and rise again after three days. And then Peter, St. Peter, takes Jesus aside and tries to talk some sense into him. Like, I know you are the Messiah, but this isn't actually what the Messiah does. You need to tone it down a little bit, Jesus. Let me tell you what Messiah means. He's like saint-splaining to Jesus. <laughs> Even worse, when later, when Jesus is on trial and being tortured, Peter is elsewhere, telling people, I never heard of him. And Peter, Andrew, James, and John all completely bail while Jesus is being executed. These four disciples who seemingly drop everything and follow Jesus live a life of questioning, sometimes faith, a lot of times getting it completely wrong, and always returning back to love and devotion to Jesus. The idea that Jesus tells them to walk away from everything and everyone they love forever doesn't quite bear out either. James and John leave Zebedee in the boat. But friends, there's no evidence that they didn't go back home to dinner that night. We don't know if Zebedee's heart was broken, but we do know that James and John's mother, Zebedee's wife, would also become a follower of Jesus and probably a financial supporter and was actually present at his crucifixion when the 12 disciples were nowhere to be seen. We'll also learn a few verses after Peter and Andrew and James and John drop their nets and follow Jesus. They all actually end up back at Peter and Andrew's house with their family, where Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law. When Jesus calls us, he doesn't always call us to leave our lives, but calls us to bring him into our lives. Far from wanting us to leave behind those that we love, Jesus actually already loves those that we love. He doesn't want to take away who we are. He doesn't say, come with me and I will show you how to stop fishing and start doing work that's actually important and holy. He says, I will show you how to be even more of who you already are. St. Thomas Aquinas says, grace doesn't destroy nature, it perfects nature. God's grace uses who you already are, where you already are, what you already love, and wants to sanctify the whole thing. And there are lots of ways to hear and respond to Jesus's call. Some of us can't remember a time when we weren't Christians. It's more of an inheritance we grew into. The demand or the opportunity to drop everything and make the decision to follow Christ seems more like an ancient Bible story than a contemporary situation. 
We may experience messaging that our Christian faith isn't quite legitimate enough because we can't name the day or time we dropped our nets and walked with Jesus. Others of us did say a prayer or have a moment when we experienced a true shift in everything or have had several of those moments. Some of us may be wondering what it would be like to begin or restart a life of following Christ. But unlike the disciples seem to in this passage, we have some questions. We want to get to know Jesus a little before we drop everything and head straight to the cross. For all of us, without exception, leaving our nets and following Jesus is a lifelong matter. Whoever you are, God was with you from the moment your life began. No matter when or if you made an official decision to say yes to Christ's invitation. Like with the disciples, an openness to the invitation will involve changing, growing, getting it wrong sometimes, asking questions, feeling doubts, mourning versions of ourselves and our faith that we've left behind and being surprised by the new ways that God keeps showing up in our life. So at Bible Sports Camp, when I was 13, to be on the safe side, and also because I really meant and desired it, I did extend that invitation to Jesus into my heart. And Jesus eventually somehow said, where do you think I've been this whole time? Where do you think you've been? Haven't you known you've been in my heart since the beginning of creation? And the band played this amazing worship song. I actually thought I had invented the idea of church rock, but <laughs> turns out they were already doing it at Bible sports camp. The music entered my heart, as did all of the sacredness that surrounded me the cute older college kids who play the guitars, the love of God that had always claimed me, and every question I still had. find more resources to help you lead a Jesus-centered life at holyfamilyhtx.org. Again, it's holyfamilyhtx.org.